Live, we're joined now by Jerry Hicks, the CEO of Rare Earths and Critical Materials ETF, ticker symbol CRIT. Good morning, Jerry. Thanks for being here. Hi, Caroline. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, congratulations on your new ETF. It just launched last week. Tell us a little bit about the fund and really the driving force behind it. Sure. Well, back in 2018, the U.S. Department of Interior released a list of uh, critical materials that identified as being vital for the national security and for the industry within the U.S. And in the last year or so, um, the Australian government, the Canadian government and the EU have all released similar lists. Now, we have combined all the minerals that are on those four lists and identified what we believe are companies that will benefit from uh, government uh, support uh, legislation to encourage uh, secure supply chains for these minerals. And also these minerals are vital for the transition to clean energy. And we believe that the constituents of our fund will benefit as we transition to clean energy. So talk to me about some of the top holdings in CRIT. Yeah, the, uh, the fund itself is rebalanced every six months and we have some some stocks that are uh, based in the U.S. Uh, about 20% of our stocks, I think, are based in the U.S. and a further 20% in Australia. Um, the individual funds uh, will derive or um, seek to derive at least 50% of their revenue from uh, rare earth and critical mineral uh, production, recycling and refining. All right, so let's talk about the supply chain issue because we know uh, it's affected so many industries, but there's certainly supply issues in this space. So uh, talk to me about how, uh, so just basically about some of those global supply chain issues. Well, I mean, I'm sure many of your viewers will have experienced during the last two years of COVID uh, personal supply chain issues when they've ordered something on Amazon or eBay that's taken many, many weeks to arrive uh, due to um, supply um, issues um, during COVID. On an international level, on a country level, the, um, you know, the, the restrictions on purchasing from, from Russia uh, has caused the nickel price, um, obviously, to spike in recent weeks. We've all seen that. Um, but when we consider that um, rare earths are um, predominantly come from China, around 60% of production and up to 90% of refining is done of rare earths in China, um, and also, say, 70% of cobalt, for example, comes from the Democratic Republic of Congo. So we've got, we've got supply chain issues there. We, we're, we're very vulnerable to changes in political will. Um, certainly in the past, Japan, for example, has been vulnerable to supply of rare earths from, Japan, uh, from China. Uh, there was a, a trade and diplomatic dispute about 10 years ago. And as soon as China said to Japan, well, you know, if you don't like this, we're going to stop um, stop supplying you with rare earths. And suddenly that diplomatic issue was resolved. China has also previously cut off um, exports of rare earths, and it took the WTO to intervene to get those two um, returned to normal. So certainly supply chains can be weaponized. Um, supply of certain minerals can be weaponized. And so that was a driver for these governments to put in place these, um, these critical mineral lists and try to trying to look at supply chains and how to improve them for their own national security.
Well, we've seen increased demand in this space due to the electric vehicle boom, which really, if we're you know paying attention to what the automakers are saying, it's all about EV. So the, the demand should continue. So given the fact that there are already supply issues in Russia, for example, is a big supplier of nickel, and you know there's talk that this war could go on for years and years, how much does this threaten really the transition to electric vehicles? Will there be enough supply? It, look, a lot of analysts are saying there won't be, um, particularly lithium, um, nickel, cobalt, um, the rare earths, everything that's involved in producing an uh, electric vehicle um, is going to be in, in short supply going forward. Now, you know, the transition to green energy is a very material intensive one. So, for example, an electric vehicle requires six times more mineral input than a conventional internal combustion engine car. And you know, uh, these rare earths and critical minerals are also used in, uh, in uh, wind turbines and uh, solar panels. And again, to, you, know, you need nine times more uh, mineral input to build a wind farm, which is equivalent power to a gas-fired power station. So there's going to be a huge um, supply shortage um, in these critical minerals going forward. And we believe our fund is well-placed to take advantage of that. Okay, what about in terms of the shift to clean energy, which you mentioned? Obviously, there's so much renewed focus on oil right now because of what's going on. We've seen oil prices skyrocket higher. Is that setting us back in terms of the green energy movement at all? Well, if anything, I think it's going to encourage it with people, push more people towards electric vehicles. Now, um, what I see really is if you look back in time, the 19th century was a century of coal. And the 20th century is certainly the century of oil. You know, the 21st century is going to be the century of clean energy. And we believe the minerals in our fund are really the minerals that are going to get us to that clean energy. Uh, we have to get there uh, to meet um, emissions targets. And so, yes, the, 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 um, the oil, the problem with oil and, and gas will, will certainly push people uh, and push governments towards uh, adopting ever faster the uh, clean energy solutions. So in terms of, we've already seen this significant run higher. As you mentioned, we saw nickel prices soar. So for the investor who hasn't gotten involved, obviously your, your ETF is new as of last week, but for the investor that hasn't um, you know, played this space at all, there's still uh, more room to the upside is what you're saying. Absolutely. I mean, you look at any report um, for the minerals included in our fund and the, the um, projected demand shortfalls are going to be significant. Now, you've got um, a, a real disconnect right now. There's going to be there's predicted high demand growing over, over the coming years. But also, you've got to increase the production of these minerals and metals. It's very difficult. Mines take seven, ten years or more to come online. And uh, as we've seen in recent years, there's lots of pressure in terms of environmental concerns to produce these minerals. These products, the transition to clean energy is very mineral intensive. But you've got to dig it out of the ground. And you know, recently we've had um, Rio Tinto, the big mining giant, have trouble uh, producing, uh, growing its um, uh, proposed lithium mine in uh, in Serbia, uh, and that was that was canned. And you know, certainly there's been many cases in the states um, of, of this as well. So, you know, we want the transition to clean energy, but actually producing the minerals to do it in a, quickly enough is going to be very difficult. Which again 
we believe is very supportive for our fund. Jerry, I hate to keep focusing on the negative, but you know we are hearing renewed or calls for a recession, which obviously could impact demand. How big of a headwind do you see that at this point? Well, it's a great question. I, I, I couldn't possibly say, but certainly, the regardless of recession or not, we, we the governments um, have all committed to emission targets, and the only way we're going to get anywhere close to them is by adopting. Uh, the clean energy solutions and using the minerals in our fund. All right, we'll leave it there. Jerry Hicks, CEO, Rare Earths and Critical Materials ETF, ticker symbol CRIT. Thank you very much.